Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. That's right. It is 30-something movie podcast. We are in the month of November. We have come mostly unscathed through horror month. I think most of us survived. Pendages mostly intact. Bo, are you in one piece? So far. It's okay. early, though. Yeah, awesome. Pat, you're in one piece? All good, man. 2, 10, 11. I singer sews. 220, 221, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun horror month. We had some good stuff going on that month. Ended it ended it with Leprechaun last week and had some fun. Fire in the Sky was fun. Hocus Pocus, Needful Things. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I will say, I will, uh, I'll do a little bit of admitting here and say that I think when I look back at the other Octobers we've had and look forward to the Octobers we will have, 93, not a strong horror year. Mm, I'd agree. Mm. yeah like not a mm. not a particularly strong year when it comes to horror so you know I, the ones we had weren't bad but no. you know i i think ahead to uh what we got coming up for next year and and in some of the years beyond that and i'm like yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have some good stuff yep so yep 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 yep, yep. all right well we are even though we have gone through horror month we are still dealing with some scary topics here Tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, this episode in particular, the, the movie we're talking about is So I Married an Axe Murderer? Yes. And there it is. Yes. yes, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mike Myers, Nancy Travis, comedy, black comedy from 1993. So that is our first movie of November. And as we do every time we start off a new month, we are going to hop in the DeLorean, head back in time, and take a look at what was happening in this month in 93. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... This month in 93, November 1st, the, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, the Maastricht Treaty was the treaty that helped to form the European Union comes into effect. Hmm. I don't know if I said that right or not. November 2nd, Rudy Giuliani wins the New York mayoral election, becoming the first Republican mayor since 1965. And November 23rd, probably the most important of all of the top news stories, that I'm going to share for this one. November 23rd, Doggy Style, the debut album by Snoop Doggy Dog, is released. 
and was the Billboard Album of the Year 1994. <laughs> nope. We had a uh, famous death on November 21st. Bill Bixby, the uh, Incredible Hulk himself, passed away, died from cancer at age 59 on November 21st, 93. Hmm. Top sports, November 3rd, Greg Maddox becomes the first pitcher since Sandy Koufax to win the National League Cy Young Award in successive MLB seasons and the first in successive seasons with different teams, the Cubs in 1992 and the Braves in 1993. Top books, this, I want to say this entire year, basically belonged to the author Robert James Waller because the top books in for most of this year have been the Bridges of Madison County, and that continues into November of 93. But then as we get through, I think, the second half of November, it switches over to a book called Slow Waltz in Cedar Bend by Robert James Waller. So it really didn't matter what book it was. It was pretty much his year. Top movies for November of 93. I think there was a top, there was a, a different movie at the top of the box office every week of this month. We had The Nightmare Before Christmas started it off. The Three Musketeers was the next week. Adam's Family Values was the next week. And Mrs. Doubtfire ended the month of November as number one. So four different number one movies, one each week in the month of November. And I am super excited for this one because the top song for November of 93 was on whenever I could catch it on the radio, I did my best to pop a tape in the deck and try to record this thing so I could listen to it over and over and over again. I think I actually had the cassette single of this one. So anybody have a guess? Did anybody remember what the uh, one of the top songs in late 93 would have been? I, I probably can't be much of help in this area. I got to be honest with you. Okay. I got enough. All right. I I would give you any clues but I won't do that oh Mr. Loaf himself and I would do anything for love I'd run right into hell and back I would do Yes, the original Loaf himself. There it is. Yeah. And I I think I wore that cassette out playing that single over and over and over again. It's a great tune. It was on regular repeat in my my tape deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some days it don't come easy, and some days it don't come hard. Some days it don't come at all. There we go. R.I.P. Mr. Loaf. Just this year, in fact, right? Yeah, I think so. Wasn't it earlier earlier this year in 2023? Sounds right. I believe awesome. so. Wasn't it like January, February? It's, I think it was. Yeah. I always feel like it was earlier this year. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gone too soon. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it 
for this month in 93. So we'll jump right on into our So I Married an Axe Murderer. Came out on July 30th of 93, rated PG-13, runtime of one hour, 33 minutes. Directed by Thomas Schlamm, who did Miss Firecracker and Kingfish. Writer was Robbie Fox, who did In the Army Now and Playing for Keeps, although there's some interesting trivia on the writing of this movie. Producers were Robert N. Freed and Carrie Woods, not the Cubs player. Uh, Freed did Rudy and Godzilla. Carrie Woods did Scream and Copland. Composer was Bruce Broughton, who did Tombstone and Silverado. Cinematographer Julio Macat, who did Home Alone and Wedding Crashers. Editor were editors were Colleen Halsey and Richard Halsey. Colleen did American Dreamer and The Star Chamber. Richard did Rocky and Edward Scissorhands. Production company was TriStar Pictures. Budget was approximately $20 million. Box office 11.5, so it did not do well in the box office. Flick Metrics gives it a 60%. Cinema score gives it a B. Mike Myers played Charlie McKenzie. He was an Austin Powers international man of mystery. Oh, behave. And Shrek. Nancy Travis. Whoa, uh, man. Oh, oh, behave. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Nancy Travis was Harriet Michaels. She was in Three Men and a Baby and The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Anthony LaPaglia was Tony Giardino. He was in Lantana and Without a Trace. Amanda Plummer was Rose Michaels. She was in Pulp Fiction and The Fisher King. Brenda Fricker played Mae McKenzie. She was in My Left Foot and The Field. Matt Doherty played Heed. He was in The Mighty Ducks and Home Alone. Look at the noggin on on his head. Look at the size of that noggin. His gigantic cranium. Gigantic cranium. Heed. Go get my pants, boy. (laughs) Now. Yeah. Charles Grodin, who died in 2021, played the commandeered driver. He was in Beethoven and Midnight (laughs) Ride. I would like to commandeer this car. No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, there are two. I'm going to slightly dip into my opinions on this movie. Two of my favorite scenes in this movie do not feature Mike Myers. That is one of them. The Charles Grodin scene <laughs> where he's like, I need to commandeer this car. No. No. So you're not going to let me. I, I'm a police officer. I need to come to. No. All right. So, yes, he plays the commandeered driver. Phil Hartman, spoiler alert, that's my other favorite scene in the movie is Phil Hartman as John Vicky Johnson, the Alcatraz guide. That was uh, outstanding. <laughs> I, I had forgotten about that. Yes. That, that is my other favorite scene in the movie when he is giving the tour. <clears throat> but people call me Vicky. He was in Jingle All the Way in News Radio. Debbie Mazar played Susan. She was in Goodfellas and Entourage. Stephen Wright played Pilot. He was in Half-Baked and Natural Born Killers. Alan Arkin played Burt McKenzie. He was in Little Miss Sunshine, Argo, and The Rocketeer. Michael Richards played the newspaper reporter. He was in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. That's the, a new one. That's the Seinfeld knockoff. The Mirror right. Universe version? It was the Mirror Universe, yeah. Everybody had goatees. He was in Seinfeld and UHF. All right, got a little bit of trivia for this one. We'll get you the synopsis. We'll play the trailer audio. We'll run through 10 major moments to help you fly through the trailer, uh, help you fly through the plot. So if you haven't watched it in a while or haven't watched it at all, you can kind of walk through that with us. We always recommend that you stop, pause the podcast, go watch the movie, and then come on back. But if you're not going to, then we'll walk you through the major moments of the movie. So, yeah, really quickly, some of the, uh, some of the trivia for this one was kind of fun. 
it's well this part not necessarily as fun but they extensively rewrote the script mike myers worked with a writer called neil malarkey which sounds like the kind of name you should have if you're a comedy writer anyway awesome awesome name it is and so they they actually rewrote a lot of the script it was originally supposed to be a movie more about paranoia they leaned it more towards you know kind of balancing some comedy with the seriousness he did not malarkey did not get any screenwriting credit on this one because the script had already been written and there was a bit of a writers guild of america conflict on this one and so even though malarkey did a lot of the work on the rewrites he was given no credit on there at all writer robbie fox was the one that was given the credit for this one so a little bit, a little bit of, a little, little bit, bit of, of malarkey, there. if you will. A little malarkey, absolutely, absolutely. Hence the name. The term malarkey didn't exist before this movie, is what I understand. It's this movie that hmm. created it. Sure, it did. <laughs> I, I don't know. Kid, paper. <laughs> no. Kid, get my pants, boy. And by paper, I mean the Weekly World News. Yes, it's. it's Eighth highest circulation in the world. Eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Pregnant man gives birth. That's a fact. That's, That's a, a fact. fact. <laughs> yeah. So he, originally they had a lot of other actors that they were kind of running through to possibly take this part, to take the role of Charlie, Woody Allen, Chevy Chase, Martin Short, I believe was considered for this, Albert Brooks. So they mm-hmm. had a lot of different people. Pat, you'll think this one's kind of fun. The original actress who was going to play Harriet was Sharon Stone. Oh, that's interesting. And the reason why I think you'll really enjoy this is Sharon Stone wanted to play this part, but she also wanted to play the part of Harriet's sister, Rose. So she wanted it to be twin sisters. Mm. Mm. Which may remind you of one of your other favorite movies. Oh, no. When Jeremy Irons played the twin gynecologists. Oh, boy. Pat's all-time favorite, Dead Ringers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway, she yeah. wanted to play She wanted to play both characters, and basically they said, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, she hey, left. Thanks for the advice, no. Right. <laughs> so, so, she left, and then that's when Nancy Travis was able to get that role. So. Got it. Yeah. Although, Nancy Travis probably not super excited about getting the role one particular day on set. Mike Myers was being particularly goofy and she was laughing at some of his antics and accidentally chopped off the top of one of her fingers with one of the butcher knives. Oh my God. So yep, actually chopped off the top of the finger. They had a local doctor that was able to come in and successfully reattach it. The, the story, the story apparently is he's goofing around. She's laughing. She accidentally cuts off the top of her finger and starts yelling cut and everybody assumes that she means like stop the scene <laughs> and she's like no 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 i actually cut my finger and then they went and got the doctor and everything ended up being okay medic yeah yep let's see let's see let's see anything else anything else there were a few little rumors here and there that you know mike myers ego was causing some tension and the need to reshoot scenes on set and and i think it sounds like at some point the director did say that they had some creative differences, but that Mike Myers was definitely dedicated to making sure that this was as good of a movie as they can make it. So, you know, it did It sound like there was maybe a little bit of stress there, but yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Let's see, that's what I got in terms of trivia. So let's get you that synopsis. And uh, this time around, normally we try to do the synopsis in the style of the late, great Don LaFontaine, known for his in a world kind of trailer voiceovers. This time I'm mixing it up a little bit. Got a little bit of Don LaFontaine, but I've also tried to put it in maybe the, the style or the, the meter of a beat poet since Charlie McKenzie is a, is a beat poet. So let's, oh see. Let's, let's see what we got here. In a city by the bay, beat poet Charlie McKenzie, played by Mike Myers, loves him and leaves him until Harriet, the beguiling butcher, enters stage right. Nancy Travis lays down the mystery. Is love in the air or is it the scent of murder? Anthony LaPaglia as the skeptical cop. Amanda Plummer as the sister you never saw coming. Hearts beat. Axes swing in this rom-com with a killer twist. Woman! Whoa, man! Whoa, man! Charlie McKenzie. Hello! Find something wrong. She's a thief. She was in the mafia. She smelled like soup. With every girl he dates. But when Charlie meets Harriet. Hi. Hi. What do you look for in a woman you date? But I'd really have to go with breast size. <laughs> he knows she's the one. You have the face of a wee angel. <laughs> I give! I give! I'm Charlie's father! Except for one thing. She might be a serial killer. She murders her husbands on their honeymoons, then changes her identity and marries again. I'm afraid that you're gonna leave me. I'm gonna cleave you? So I married an ex-murderer. I like this one, Charlie. Why don't you go and put your trousers on? The cult comedy classic is now available in an all-new special edition on DVD and Blu-ray high def. Mom, can you get the school nurse? Starring Mike Myers. Harriet! Harriet! Hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. Nancy Travis. I could do anything to you in your sleep. Stick a needle in your... <laughs> Mike Myers. Heed! People! No! Look at the size of that boy's heed. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Anthony LaPaglia. Why can't you be like the captain on Starsky and Hutch? Somebody needs a hug. And Alan Arkin. You screw up one more time, I'm gonna kick your spaghetti-bending butt back to Milan. Not now, not now. Was it too much with the ethnic slurs? So I married an axe murderer. Why don't you stay for a nightcap? You two want to be alone. Stay for a nightcap! <laughs> Digitally remastered for the best picture and sound quality. Oh, God. I'm naked, aren't I? With an eight-song digital download of the soundtrack. All you got to... We have a paper down. Special edition DVD and Blu-ray high def. I hated the colonel with his wee beady eyes. Oh, Dad, how can you hate... The Colonel. Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly smart arse. Bo, you were getting all kinds of excited about that Colonel Sanders line. I love it. That whole scene just <laughs> kills me. I mean, the whole thing. It starts with the cranium and the heat paper, and then it, the Colonel and the Ben Davidet. <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. That boy's head is like Sputnik. <laughs> it's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite, 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 quite pointy at parts. I don't worry. He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his In huge his pillow. Gigantic pillow. <laughs> oh God. Uh. <sighs> That's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. <laughs> Has its own <laughs> weather system. Heed, move. <laughs> uh, maybe that's when, when the kids stand in front of the TV and I can't see it now. I'm just going to say that from now move. on. Heed, move. <laughs> so I had the uh, I had the need to watch some of it with the captioning on. Yeah. Because there was some noise in my house. Yeah. And. <laughs> When they spell it H E E D in the captions, you just freaking die, man. <laughs> like that's just funny. Well, they do it again when he's when he's when they're at the anniversary party, and he's like, "Because I have the cap, we put the captioning on for everything when we watch him." And uh, they did the same thing when he goes, "Some of you are there, some of you weren't born, and some of you are now deed." <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to use that now. By the way, yeah. Like, I feel like there are now times I have reached an age mm -hmm. where I think I can get away with that line. Yeah, yeah. When are you, let's see, when are you and Donna coming up on the 20th anniversary? Six years. Six years from now? Okay, all right. So. Oh, so we got 15th coming up. Is 15th next year? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, 2009 oh. to 2024. I think that math holds. I just, I wanted to make a quick comment and say I was impressed with myself, even though... It was my understanding that there would be no math. Indeed. I actually did that pretty quickly, so I'm pretty happy with myself. Well, I, the biggest problem I have is... <laughs> Your head! <laughs> but, like, I have this weird problem when I'm trying to count years of something. Uh -huh. I always feel like I'm messing up one. Yep. It is the loneliest like, number. Is, am I, is, is one the first, like... When was zero and when was one? I have trouble with. Like someone asked me today how many years I've been working at the school. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to tell you something. It's either 22 or 23 in December, but I screw it up every time. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> it's, it's like how zero is actually the first century. Yes. Yeah. These are the problems I have in my life. <laughs> okay, like why, why is the 20th century start with 19? Yeah. Yeah, that messes with my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I realize it's because I'm a simpleton, but that's just how it is. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. We gotta play the we gotta play the hand we're dealt. That's right. That's right. And yep. I understood there would be no math. Yep. So mm -hmm. but, but Bo, you are. clearly have a big brain because you've got such a big heed. <laughs> a big a gigantic cranium. It's like look at Bo, it's like a planetoid. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like no, not like Sputnik. It's yeah. not very pointy. It's soft and squishy. It's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> that might be my favorite one, actually. I love yeah. it, Sputnik, but the orange on the yeah. toothpick, because you know what? That's the one I forget. Yeah. I remember Sputnik. I remember some of the other ones. The orange on a toothpick one <laughs> snuck yeah. up yeah. on me when I was watching it, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Donna's just trying to have a conversation on the phone with somebody, yeah. and I'm I'd just... I've lost it at that point. And, yeah. You know, and when I lose it, you know I lose it. Oh, we know you lose it, yeah. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. 
Look at the size of that bowling ball. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Every time, was, every time uh-huh. I am in the KFC drive-thru, <laughs> puts an addictive chemical in his chicken, makes you crave it fortnightly. fortnightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, slight tangent about the word fortnight. Did I, did I tell you guys about this? I, uh, I had like a, a nerd moment a little while ago. I was changing a meeting that we that we have I have with a group of people that is a weekly meeting. I was like, this is yeah. ridiculous. We've we've had to cancel this meeting so many times. Let's just change it to be every two weeks. So I'm trying to send mm-hmm. a message to these people and I'm trying to say, let's change it to and I'm I'm trying to be brief with my language. And then what I realize is the amount of time it took me to think about my language, I could mm-hmm. have just said every other week. Mm-hmm. But instead I sat there for a good five minutes and I was like Bi-weekly, bi-monthly, bi-weekly, bi-monthly. But if it's bi-weekly. Yeah, okay, you want to talk about something that's confusing. Well, so, right so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, but if it's bi-weekly, it could be once every two weeks or it could be two times a week. Right. But then if I say bi-monthly, it could be once every two months or it could be twice a month. Bi-monthly, like bi-weekly. Reach into the choir. So what I decided to go with and, and I got responses back was I I'm went with, tr- I'm switching this meeting from weekly to fortnightly. <laughs> Indeed. And everybody was like, what the heck are you talking about? Except then someone looked up Fortnite and realized it wasn't actually that. Yeah. I mean, Uh it's close enough. (laughs) But I'm like, if we're trying to get precise with our language here, it's really the only one that works because biweekly doesn't work. Bimonthly doesn't work. It's yeah. Well, biweekly might be right, but no one knows it's right. But it's both. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. No. Yeah. Biweekly oh, can heck. yeah. Biweekly can be twice a week or once every two weeks. No, there's got to be a definitive thing on yeah, this. No, there's not. Come on, there's not. The and, then, and then bi-monthly can be both tw- both twice a month and once every two months. What? That's, you have you've ruined my day now. That's why I went with fortnightly. I'm like nobody can confuse fortnightly. Oh yes. my god! From the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah, the only one. Every two weeks or twice a week. Yes. What is wrong with our language? That's stupid. I mean it in in the nicest way. What in the heck is going on? English is dumb. Can mean the same thing. Yeah. Oh. Pat, I I broke Bo again. Yeah. No. I I feel like I do this a lot. I kind of feel bad about that. We have to. I feel like I had this figured out once, and now. Now I don't. Yeah. I once was blind, and now I... Never mind. Why? I'm sorry. I just, I ruined everything. I thought there was an answer to this question. There no, isn't. There's, there's, there's no answer. There's no answer. Nothing makes any sense at all. Yeah. Okay. I got to stop thinking about that now. Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. Um, chemicals, but, Fortnite, but yeah, yes, chemicals, Fortnite, addiction, um, indeed. But uh, yeah, that's that's my little tangent story about Fortnitely. Wow. Um, now that I've broken you and probably some of the listeners, I I do somewhat apologize for that. Mm-hmm. But again, the moral of the story is the amount of time I sat there and put forth the effort to go, mm. what word do I use here? When it all was said and done, and I sent this message and caused further confusion for people, like, "What are you t- fortnightly?" 
What are you <laughs> talking about? Then I realized after a good, I don't know, 10 minutes had passed, I'm like, why didn't I just say every other week? Because that like, would have been too easy. That would have been too easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I needed, as as Deadpool is fond of saying, maximum effort. Right. So I needed to put forth maximum effort when it came to figuring out a word. Speaking of maximum effort, major moments. We have 10 major moments to sum up the plot of this movie. Starting off with Charlie. Charlie is a beat poet who apparently you can, can you make money as a beat poet? What does he do? This is a good question. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I had two questions. In starting off this movie, there was a good hot second where I thought that this was taking place in New York City until oh. something pointed out, until I saw something and I was like, no, but cable cars, that's not New York City. And then that then somebody made some other comment, and I'm like, is this supposed to be East Coast? But then another, then there was like the Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Alcatraz. I'm like, no, 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 this is not. I was a little confused. I was confused by that, and I was confused by what does Charlie do for a living? Yeah, because he doesn't go to work. It seems his buddy's a cop, yep. right? And she yeah. works. She's obviously a butcher. She's a butcher. And Charlie's yeah. a professional beat poet? Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. No. And if it is, and he's making a money, m- making money with poetry like that, yeah. I maybe need to try my hand at it. Who can afford to live in San Francisco? Well, in San Francisco in the 90s. Yeah. Wasn't exactly yeah. like it is now. That's true. That's true. Whoa, man. But still. Whoa. Whoa, whoa man. man. Yeah. And with hits like that. So, yes, he is a beat poet in San Francisco who has a history of, a, of some commitment issues and often writes poems about his commitment issues and his breakups. His best friend, Tony, is a police detective and thinks that Charlie is maybe just a little little paranoid. Charlie meets Harriet, a butcher, while shopping for dinner for his Scottish parents, Stuart and May. He becomes instantly attracted to her and does stop off to help her when she is busy and overworked at the butcher shop in in that one particular scene. During a family dinner, his mother, May, talks about a tabloid article describing a bride called Mrs. X who kills her husbands on their honeymoons with an axe. Um, After this, we have the scene where Charlie goes back to Harriet's butcher shop and offers to kind of help her. After this, they start dating, and Charlie learns about Harriet's mysterious past, including her eccentric sister, Rose played by Amanda Plummer. There's a family dinner where Charlie brings Harriet home to meet his parents, and after dinner he reads the Mrs. X article, which raises some suspicions due to some similarities with Harriet's past, given that she has a friend named Ralph she keeps talking about in her sleep, and she has some combat instruments on her wall from a friend who had been a former martial arts expert. Mm-hmm. So that's the claim, at least. Yes. Yeah. It was the sharp instruments on the wall that also harkened back to the dead ringers for me. So I'm kind of glad that Sharon Stone did not go the uh, twin sisters route for this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amanda Plummer kind of creepy in this movie. Amanda Plummer mm-hmm. does creepy really well. It does creepy very well. Her recent stint on Star Trek colon Picard. Yes. Is uh, a good example of that. Yes. Makes it really awkward when you say the colon out loud. It does. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, by the way. I do what I can. Yeah. I mean, we try to be, as we've already said, we try to be very precise with our language, even when it takes maximum effort. 
No. Yeah. Yeah, very, very creepy. Like, when she just kind of randomly shows up as the sister in this one, like, the mm-hmm. vibe I was getting was, this is the kind of sister that maybe had a twin that she absorbed in the womb. <laughs> yes. It kind of, you hear stories, and it was kind of like one of those stories. It was like, oh, I guarantee she's got, like, some teeth in her shoulder or something. And it's something weird and creepy like this. I don't know. I don't know why I went straight to teeth in the shoulder. That was yeah. Yeah, you uh, you went dark quick. I there. did. That escalated or de- de-escalate descended quickly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever happened, it happened fast. Yes. So Charlie, Bre- let's see. I already said that one. I read the Mrs. X article. Charlie asks his buddy Tony to investigate Harriet and the story of Mrs. X. Tony finds that the missing husbands also disappeared with their wives, but assures Charlie that Harriet is not likely to be Mrs. X. Still on edge, Charlie actually breaks up with Harriet. Later, Tony informs him that someone has confessed to being Mrs. X. And relieved, Charlie does try to get back together with Harriet. At his parents' anniversary party, Charlie actually proposes to Harriet. She accepts, seemingly reluctantly, and they get married. They leave for their honeymoon at a secluded mountain hotel. The twist comes when Tony learns that the confessed Mrs. X is a compulsive liar, so it cannot be her. After sending Harriet's photo to known associates of the missing husbands, they all confirm she was their friend's wife. She, he flies to the Mountain Hotel to warn Charlie, but communication is lost because of the weather. And then the climax of the story, Charlie discovers Rose is the real Mrs. X after being locked in the honeymoon suite with Harriet. There is a chaotic chase that ensues, ending with Rose being arrested and Harriet exonerated. And they go off to live happily ever after. All right. I think that's what we got. I don't think there's any other. That hit all the major moments, so I think it's time to Mm -hmm. think a little. uh, Let's cut a little deeper with this one and have some some deep thoughts. Mm -hmm. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's it's very deep. Thank you. So uh, let me ask you a question here. Did you like this movie? Oh, John. Yes. Good form there, buddy. Thanks for asking the question. Thank you. You're welcome. We play all the deep cuts here. Oh, man. Okay. I enjoyed Pat, it. Pat, hurry it up. What's fun. your answer? Chop, chop. Um, okay. You were planning that one. I, a little bit. A little bit. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. It was It was a Mike Myers tour de force. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of, I think what, I think what would have helped me a little bit with this movie is, not having also seen so many of his characters where he does these voices in like Saturday night live skits and Mm -hmm. Shrek and Austin powers and you know, all these other movies, because there were times where I was like, okay, all right, the Scottish thing might be getting a little old here. Let's, you know, let's do something different. Um, Mm -hmm. Scottish never gets old. No, it doesn't. (laughs) And I said, what, what is his, he would have like the Scottish gift shop, uh, skit on Saturday Night Live, and he's like, "If it's not Scottish, it's clap. It's clap." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I. Uh, and then, of course, his other because we try to be a family friendly plot- podcast. Uh, I won't necessarily podcast. S- podcast. Yes, it's a bit like cleaving. 
it's uh, I, I won't say the character's name because we try to be family friendly, but uh, there were so many points where it just reminds you that maybe he was practice, practicing a bit for his uh, rather rotund part that he would play in Austin Powers 2. The other, the, other white the, meat. The, the fat gentleman, yes. Well, and I think to your point, John, it, he is doing the voices that we've come to know and love. Yeah. But he's so good at it. Oh, yeah. The flip side is the movie is really basically a series of bits. It is. It's yeah. a succession of Saturday Night Live sketches almost. Now, they're really funny. Yeah. Okay. You love watching it, but I think like a a bigger, deeper, more interesting plot just it's meant to be a succession of clips. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen this one lean a little bit more into the paranoia part of things. Like I would have liked to have seen not to completely sacrifice the humor because that's what Mike Myers does best, but I would have liked to have seen some of the paranoia of it not always get played up for a laugh. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that could have been interesting too. Like, I, I think you could have still balanced it out, you know, but I think that could have go, go slightly darker with the movie. Maybe not too much, but you know, yeah, just a, just a tad shout out too, because you know, you have Phil Hartman, oh, you yeah. have, I forgot his name, but he played Kramer. Richard's great. Yes. And then you have the gal that was totally a bat girl from like 90s and 2000 movies. She might have been in Goodfellas too. So maybe more 90s. Yeah. Anyways, I think she's also plays the Delaney sisters on Deep Space Nine. Delaney uh, sisters was Voyager, right? Vo I'm Voyager, sorry. I said yeah. Deep Space Nine. Yes, 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 yes. The Delaney sisters on Voyager, I think when they finally show them, it was the gal. Do you know who I'm talking about? It was yep. the buddy's girlfriend when they were going yeah. out to dinner. Yeah. yeah. And she tells the story and it's kind of unfunny. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Electrocution. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Check please. Huh. Um, I thought about that, but yeah, you might be right. That's awesome. I think I, she's a, she's totally a, a, that guy actress, which I cannot remember her name, which I guess is the definition of a, that guy. Yeah. But then also I'm almost positive on Voyager. She ended up playing, both, or at least one of the Delaney sisters. That's awesome. Was it, was it Debbie Mazar? Yeah. Because she was also on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. I believe, let me, let me see. I'm, I'm going to try to look for it real fast. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm running through like the IMDB, but I'm still in the 2000s. She was in Empire Records. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Liv Tyler. I'm, I'm sorry. I got distracted. As you do. As you do. As you do. I am not seeing Star Trek Voyager. Oh. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing it, but I'm Maybe it's just the nineties of it all made her yeah. feel like the Delaney sisters. Yeah. Well then that's what we need to look up is who played the Delaney sisters when they appeared on Deep Space Nine or Voyager. See if I can find it for you right here. She looks similar. Okay. Yeah. I like, I'm trying to figure out who it is, but yeah, she looks pretty similar to her. Okay. So it's one of those that it's easy to get the two actresses messed up. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, in my heart, uh, my heart of hearts, I wanted to believe that she was one of the Delaney sisters, mm-hmm. but oh well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you that like this this movie is a series of skits, like it is a series of SNL skits, and it's not I mean, like you said, it's a it's a Mike Myers tour de force. It is him doing voices. It's him being funny, all that other stuff. It's not it's not my favorite Mike Myers movie. <clears throat> it was a fun movie to watch, and and it was the first time I'd watched it. I don't, had you guys seen this one before? Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. Oh, I love this movie. Okay. I've always loved okay. this movie. Pat, had you seen it? I think this was the first time. Okay. I feel like I've seen it before, but I think that's just because, you know, I've watched Mike Myers before. Yeah. I think I had seen bits and pieces of it before, but I had never seen the mm-hmm. whole movie. And and I commented earlier that as much as I enjoy Mike Myers and as much as I enjoy him in this movie, the two scenes that I enjoyed most in this movie were the Charles Grodin scene, you know, of the, I, I need to commandeer your car. No. And the other scene I, I actually had, I think I've got a clip of it here, is uh, Vicky, the Alcatraz tour guide. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I've got that. My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Will you please follow me? I love Vicky. He's, he's great. He's the best. Oh. This is the main cell block area. Home to such famous criminals as Al Capone, Mickey Cohen, Joseph Dutch Fritzer, and Robert Stroud, the famous Birdman of Alcatraz. Close it up, close it up, close it up. Now this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife for Shiv and cut out the bitch's eyes. Hey, another thing about Harry Dunn. And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day he and four other inmates took turns into the ocular cavities. This way to the cafeteria. (laughs) That got dark fast too. So yeah, I think Phil Hartman and Charles Grodin, my two favorite scenes in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, I, 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 I had not seen it before, so my recollection of this movie was I didn't remember that Amanda Plummer was in it. I didn't remember that there was the the other sister. So I think my recollection of the movie and just what you are supposed to get if you just look at the you know VHS cover of this one is that Nancy Travis is the one who is the serial killer in this one. And so it is fun to kind of watch him go through some of the paranoia of it and try to avoid getting killed when he finds out more and more about the fact that his girlfriend may have killed all of her former husbands. Mm -hmm. And again, as we've already kind of mentioned, like the scenes with the father, which Mike Myers said he wrote a lot of that based on his own father. Like this is some of these antics and some of the things he says, he based it on his own dad. We've got a piper down. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anytime he wants to, anytime he wants to do more of his uh, Scottish Im- Scottish impersonation, totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Your name is John Reed, and you approve of this message. I do approve of that message. Heed pants now. No. Yeah, they could do a sequel where they're married and they start to have children, and he'd be like, oh, "You look like a baby." <laughs> <laughs> I get in my ballet. Yeah. Now, my name is John Reed, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Maybe that's how I introduce myself on the podcast from now on. Everybody calls me Vicky? Yeah. My name is John Reed, but everybody here calls me Vicky. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. I think whenever you need a moment of levity, your next work meeting maybe just call me vicky maybe we are we are hosting a group of other people from other districts this next monday so maybe that's how i introduce myself all i do is bits 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 (laughs) huh no matter what Mm -hmm. excuse me good bad i'm the guy with the bits All right. Any other thoughts on this one? I mean, we've already like started. We've we've already shared like favorite scenes, favorite quotes, favorite all the other stuff. And it's like we said, it's 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 fun. If you enjoy Wayne's World, if you enjoy Mike Myers stuff, if you enjoy the SNL skits and kind of like that SNL skit style of things, you're going to enjoy this movie. And and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to enjoy from my from my take on this. It is there are other Mike Myers movies that I'm going to go to first. If I'm going to watch a Mike Myers movie, I'm probably going to go to Austin Powers. You know, I, I probably will go to Wayne's World before I'd go to this one. But there's still a lot of funny parts in this one. There's still a yeah. lot to a lot to love about this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, fun movie. Yeah, I mean this <laughs> the stuff with Dad and the, even the slam poetry. I want to be Betty's Barney. Yeah. Like some of that stuff is pretty funny. Oh yeah, it's funny. It's terrible poetry, but it's funny. Oh, it's horrible, but that's you know, that's the fun of it, right? Right. Well, I guess when you're a professional beat poet, you can do whatever you want. What? Yeah. What else are you gonna do, right? right? I mean. All right. Well, I think it is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the answer nobody could answer that question i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one. What are some of your favorite ways to describe someone with a massive head? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Question number one. What is your favorite Mike Myers character? And you are free to choose. You could choose a movie character. You can choose an SNL character, whatever you want to do. I think... This is hard. I will tell you a, a f- quick funny story when I sh- when I shared some of these questions at dinner. 
my daughter's response came much faster than I thought it would, and it was not the answer <laughs> I was expecting. Oh, what did your daughter give? Now, granted, she's I think she's seen Shrek. She's seen Wayne's World. She hasn't seen a ton of stuff with Mike Myers, but <laughs> her her first answer that came very quickly was the Simon skit from Saturday Night Live. You know, it's funny. Oh. That one pops into my head yeah. a lot. Oh, my So maybe I'd go with that one, too. Simon, and I like, and to, I like do to draw drawings. drawings. You're looking at my bum. You bum looker. Bum looker. Stop looking at my bum. Cheeky monkey. <laughs> You were looking at my bum. Yeah. He's also Dieter, right? From Sprockets? Yes. Dieter yes. From, from Sprockets. Now is the time on Sprockets when we dance. Mm-hmm. I, guys, I might have to go with an obvious one. I'm going to say Wayne's World. Okay. Love yeah, that's, that's solid. Love Wayne. Grew up with it. Like, the metal stuff. Could play with Garth. Just good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a solid one. Sphincter says what? You want me to say what? Like, <gasps> you big, we small. <laughs> I learned that two men can have a platonic relationship. Yeah, I Wayne. Yeah, I almost want to say I want to say Wayne from Wayne's World, but I I might go Austin Powers. I like the Austin Powers mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that. Austin Powers is pretty awesome. And then all the characters that you know what? Actually, I I'm not even going to do Austin Powers. I'm going to go Doctor Evil. Doctor. Oh, there you go. I got to go Doctor Evil. Who awesome. does number two work for? This, oh man, how many times have I said that? The story of my life is quite inconsequential. <laughs> I love that whole speech. That whole speech when Carrie Fisher is the is the like the group therapist, mm-hmm. and, he's, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's going through the whole <laughs> the whole thing of tell us, Doctor Evil, tell us a little bit about <laughs> your childhood. The story of my life is quite inconsequential. Didn't they call him Mr. Evil? Mr. Doctor, I, I didn't spend five years in evil <laughs> yes, medical school just to be called Mr. I didn't go through years of evil medical school just to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Very well, where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. Mm. <laughs> Bo, would you like me to continue? <laughs> Please. <laughs> My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess in the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds pretty standard, really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, a Zoroastrian named Vilma ritualistically shaved my testicles. There's really nothing quite like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. (laughs) 
And then Carrie Which Fisher. Is a Mike Myers callback. And then Carrie Fisher just goes. I suggest you try it. Yes. And then Carrie Fisher just goes, we have to stop there. <laughs> it, it's the attention to detail that yes. Mike makes Mike Myers characters so incredible. Yes. Just how he phrases things like, and you nailed it, by the way, man, you like, you could be, you could totally be, well, and I know you've done some, you could totally be a voice actor with well, what you're doing with that. But I mean, I've watched like, that scene uh, an inappropriate amount of times. Right. And, and, but I mean, that's the thing is just when Mike Myers brings that, he just brings so much to his characters oh, and yeah. he's, it's, you feel like he's just sat in a mirror and recorded himself and just watched over and over and fine tuned every yeah. little piece. Yeah. I, though now, whenever I watch a Mike Myers thing, if he ever says the word head, I need to replace it with heed. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I have one request, and that's to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heats. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mash that up every time now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. If you had to get up and perform something at an open mic night, what would you do? I'm not big on performing and it kind of depends on the theme of the open mic night, I suppose, Mm -hmm. but like I could do some sort, you know what? No, because that's not really, have you got, have you got a tight five? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe my attempt to stand up comedy thing. If I had to do something. Yeah. But that's about it. I don't know. There's very few things I could recite that I would feel comfortable delivering. Mm-hmm. And I might be able to read the Gettysburg Address, but that's about it. Oh, there you go. Couldn't do, recite it from memory, but I could read it. Do the Gettysburg Address as a beat poet. Ooh, there you go. that's challenging. Because I think my exposure to beat poetry is limited to this movie, so yeah. Okay, all right. Play, <laughs> play Salieri. There you go. <laughs> now that is a challenge. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if it was a tiki bar in Milwaukee, we could do a live show. Right. And I mean, if we were talking karaoke, I got some yeah. options. You oh, know, yeah, that's yeah. not an open mic. So, you know, the rules are. You know. Did I did I share with you guys that we recently had a 13 year old girl's birthday party in which there was much karaoke done in the living room? Oh, no. Boy. Yes. You did not share that. Yes. I have a couple of larger speakers with a microphone left over from my sibling's wedding. And they didn't need them anymore. So they said, here, you love speakers and microphones. Have these for free. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Sure, have some. Um, sh- sure, have some. And so I took them. And when it came time for this birthday party, the friend birthday party was the day before. And mm. mercifully outside in a like workshop room we have detached from the house. So they did their karaoke out there when it was the group of 13 year old girls. Then the family party, which consisted of a handful of adults, my daughter, a friend of hers, my son and his girlfriend. They basically took over the microphone and did a series of karaoke songs very loud for the rest of the night in our living room. So that sounds about right. So, yeah, we had a. We had quite the quite the karaoke thing going on the other night here in our house. 
Mm-hmm. I did not join in because I, I don't know if the children were ready for the songs that I was willing to perform. You don't know if they were quite ready for what you, what you bring to the party. I mean, I've only allowed them to listen to like the first 45 seconds of baby got back. Um, so there's that, uh, there is that. Yeah. I, and I mean, if I'm going to perform Shakira's whenever, wherever I'm, I'm doing body motions too. So I'm not sure that I'm not sure I would be ready for that. (laughs) the amount that your eyes widened as soon as I said that, Bo, I, I appreciate because that's the right answer. Wow. I guess you guys aren't ready for that. That's we're, <laughs> your kids. Your are kids gonna are going to love it. Your kids are going to Not really. No. No. We're, we're going to follow that up with. That's extraordinary. What would you like, to do, you like to do next? Yeah. I, I will share with the, with the listening audience. My daughter did require, because this is a, a Taylor Swift themed party. As one does. As as one does when you're a 13-year-old girl. She did require that we all dress up as different eras of Taylor Swift. Uh, Again, as one does. Right. So we had to represent a different era in some way. And so my my original suggestion... Can I ask... Yeah, yeah, go for it. Excuse me. How does one define the eras of Taylor Swift? I'll 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 take my answer in the back. <laughs> okay. Get a life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So so we had some people that were like the the reputation era and I'm just going off of what I could find on Wikipedia because I don't know any of this. Um, I was going to say I know none of it so yeah, no, no. I am intrigued. Like the reputation era apparently is like black and white, almost like gothic kind of stuff. And then mm. like different eras have different costumes that kind of go along with them, I guess. Different mm. different looks and whatnot. My original idea to dress like one of her ex-boyfriends did not go over well. Apparently that mm. would have been offensive. So I I offered to dress up as John Mayer and that was shot You down. chose poorly. Is Apparently what, what I, I'm I chose hearing. poorly, yes. So then I said, you know what? Hey, I, I got this covered. I'm, I'm going to get a costume, and you don't need to worry about it. And so I uh, went on Amazon. I found there was a photo of Taylor Swift at one of her concerts. She was wearing a white T-shirt that said, a lot going on at the moment, printed on the front mm-hmm. of the shirt. And I was like, huh, I can wear this for the party, and it applies to work too. So <laughs> sure, I'll buy this shirt. Um, so I ordered the shirt. Shirt came in. I wore the shirt. Also in this photo, she's wearing very, very short, sparkly black shorts. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, Bo, your eyes do betray you. Um, and, and you can feel in the force where I'm going with this. Um, basically, Uh-oh. basically, I put on some very tight black shorts, like bicycle kind of shorts type thing going on. And I have photographic evidence of this. And that is what I wore to the party. And as soon as I came out of the room with my costume on, which, by the way, I feel was very screen accurate. My daughter started to lose her little mind. She's like, you are, she started begging me. She's like, please go change your clothes. Put on your shorts. Please go put on real shorts. These are not real. No, you cannot wear the Dad, dad, dad. And there was a good probably half hour of pleading. And it was amazing. I imagine it was. you? I'm feeling 22. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you prayed it around in your 
black smangly mini shorts. Absolutely. And it was, you know what, on top of everything else, I was remarkably comfortable. Well, <laughs> give me my pants. Mm-hmm. Heed pants now. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there we go. If you can, if you can see. Holy mackerel. Yeah. She's, well, she's smiling in that photo, but it's because she was taking a photo. It's. Wow. I did point out my shorts were probably twice as long as what Taylor was actually wearing. Well, and that's, we all so, thank God for that. I, you know, I'm not even sure he wanted to be invoked at that point in time. There are things that 13 year old girls don't need to see, John. You know. <laughs> and you brought that to the party. I did. I did. Wow. Wow. <laughs> she, in fact, it, well, there was at one point in time, she's like, what are you, why do you think that this is a good thing for my party? And I was like, because I love you. And you asked me to dress up in a costume as Taylor Swift. And, and so I did to show that I love you. She's like, how is this showing that you love me? Like what, <laughs> what positive can possibly come from you wearing this? And I said, well, I didn't say it was a positive. I just <laughs> said, I loved I'm, you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Greeting your 13th birthday with the blinding white light of my thighs is what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. The blinding yeah. white light of my thighs, which is true. <laughs> I mean, that was exactly what you were doing. It, it was. But holy hell. Yeah. It's true, true in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to make of that. I'm not. Yeah. There's nothing to be made of that. It's true. Yeah. So what question were we on? Uh, Are we on open mic night? Is that what? <laughs> yeah, hit the paper now. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, did you say what yours was going to be? John, I don't even remember what the question <laughs> <laughs> So has Pat officially rejected your question? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, he hasn't. Pat's just, what was the question again? Okay. The question was, if you had to get up and perform something in an open mic night, oh, what would you do? Right. Would you I bring your trumpet? I would, yeah, that would probably be my only hope. Okay. I mean, not that I'm very good at that, but, I mean, what the heck else am I going to do? I, I kind of figured a, a trumpet would be involved in some way. Yeah. The trumpet was rather funny in Poetry Slam in this, in this movie. Yes. I, I figured you'd appreciate that part, too. Yeah, that was that was beyond humorous. But uh, no, that's probably what I do. Okay, all right. Play some tunes. What song would you play if you had to pick one song? What would you play? Oh, if I have to pick one song. Yeah, that lasts five minutes. Sure. Mm, probably a blues tune. Okay. Maybe like now's the time, Charlie Parker tune. Well, any blues tune, and just yeah, figure out which melody you're going to throw it over, throw it on top of it, and just. Play some blues. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. All right. And uh, we, we can adapt this question a little bit because, Patrick, I, I know that you are you you are not eating meat, so we'll adapt this. But maybe you have when you were eating meat before. Have you ever eaten haggis before? And if no, would you be willing to try it? I have not. You have not. Okay. And, yes. And as you pointed out, I probably would not be willing to try it. Yeah. Because not judging, but, uh, you know, that kind of thing's not my bag. Yeah. If if you were still eating meat, would you be willing to try it? 
Probably not. Okay. I, you know, even when I ate meat, there was, it was, you know, there were only certain kinds. Again, not judging. Sure, it's wonderful and sumptuous and delicious and oh, tasty is. and all that kind of thing. All of just, those things. Mm-hmm. Just not my bag. Okay. All right. You got it all wrong, baby. That kind of thing's not my bag. And a book written by Austin Powers titled That Sort of Thing Is My Bag, Baby. Baby. <laughs> 101 ways to use a Swedish. Okay. Bodacious. <laughs> Have you had haggis? No. And oh. I, I like meat and all that, but man, I don't get into the awful. Yeah. I just don't. And I know a lot of people do, but you know, blood sausage isn't my thing. And I mean, I even draw the line at like mussels and clams and things that are kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm not as adventurous. Like, it's funny. In my family, I'm kind of adventurous because we have some people that don't stray far from the road. Mm-hmm. But as the as the world goes, I learn. The more I learn, the less adventurous I I realize I am. Okay. Um, there's a great show and, um, on CNN of all channels, by the way. Um, touring Italy or finding Italy with Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. Italy with Stanley Tucci and I can't remember it's finding or touring and I can't remember fantastic show but the man eats some stuff uh, <laughs> in that show that I just wouldn't yeah I think I've yeah, I think I've seen some of those <laughs> they're so good like I love it I love the scenery I yeah. love all of it some of that food though I am not signing up for I have yeah I mean I've I've partaken of a bit of the strange food here and there. I won't do bugs. Yeah. Not, not a, that was, I, I took a class in college that was like an entomology class. Mm. And one of the things that the professor did was actually brought in food that was prepared with bugs, like chocolate covered crickets. Hey. And what was another one was like rice, crispy treats made with ants. No. Yeah. And another like one. Why was, ruin something as wonderful as a Rice Krispie treat? Is another the one problem was, there. Uh, like, what yeah. in the heck? Another one was honeybee cookies. Yeah. Right. No. Nope. 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 I've I've had octopus tentacles. I've had all kinds of other stuff. I've had the blood pudding, which I enjoy. I have had haggis, and I would have it again. And I I enjoy it very very much. I've had haggis in Scotland. I've had haggis in Illinois. In fact, the last time I had it, I... Dare I ask where you find haggis in Illinois? In Itasca, Illinois, when they have the Scottish Festival and Highland Games. Oh, well, that makes sense, yeah. Which is like half a mile away from uh, Jeff's house. So, yeah, no, I had it... To, actually, the last time I had it, it was it was like a Scottish tour de force. I had, I had some haggis and I had some iron brew. So, mm. not traditional iron brew, because that's the kind of thing that gets you to type 4 diabetes right away. That's that's the type of the original Iron Brew original recipe Iron Brew was the kind of thing that like you know. But what about the cr- extra crispy? Extra crispy. That's uh, with his beady little eyes. <laughs> and his greasy hair. Yeah, and his greasy hair. <laughs> We're mixing all kinds of stuff now. Um, no, I original recipe Iron Brew was like so packed full of sugar. It's like. It's it's like, Wilford Brimley's like holy water to a vampire. That is an image that I am, I am 
I don't know what to say about mm-hmm. the power yeah, of testing supplies compels you. <laughs> we are definitely mixing our metaphors. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 We're mixing our metaphors fortnightly, by the way. Mm. Oh my gosh. You decide how often you want that to be. Here's... Apparently. <clears throat> apparently that's fluid too now. Apparently is fluid. No, apparently bi-weekly is fluid. Yeah, yeah, it's whatever you want. So here's here's something funny. As we were as we were jokingly doing that line from Austin Powers, the that sort of thing is my bag, baby, by Austin Powers. Mm -hmm. The quartermaster that is going through and pulling out all of his things from before he was frozen. That is Neil Malarkey. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So that actor, the guy that runs through and and uh, you know. I'll show you malarkey. Well, I'll show you him too. He's at the beginning of Austin He's Powers. Right there. He's right there in that <laughs> in that one scene with the Swedish mage made in larger the, pump. The guy in the stuff. Yeah. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing at my bag, baby. Ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> one book, Swedish made something enlargers and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby, my bag. baby. By Austin Powers. Huh. Oh, behave. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway yes how do i tell them that due to the unfreezing process i've lost my inner monologue <laughs> i feel like we're just going to start whenever we cover that movie we're just going to be quoting everything that movie's going to be trouble mm-hmm. agreed how long do we have until that that's 97 yeah we got some time not that long prepare yourselves Gird your loins now. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. Heed, gird them. <laughs> no. <laughs> and this is General, I forget what the General's name is. Oh, finally, those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh, comrades? No, Austin, Austin. the war's over. We won. Oh, we right. Won. Yay, capitalism. Oh. Yes. We have that, and then we have all the sequels, too. I, I love know. gold. <laughs> yeah. It's two types of people I can't stand. It's people that are intolerant of other cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> all right. I, well, <laughs> we can just Dutch, like, they get me every time. <laughs> we'll just keep quoting every Mike Myers thing we've ever watched. All right. I think that's probably going to do it for this one. This has been So I Married an Axe Murderer. November is Thanks for the Laughs Month. We've got on Patreon, we've got King Kong, 1933. Patreon shorts are It Started in 93, The X-Files, and It Ended in 93, Quantum Leap. This week has been So I Married an Axe Murderer. Next week, we've got Dazed and Confused. Wayne's World 2 is coming up after that. Grumpy Old Men, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Tight tights. Thanks. Yep. Which... Apparently, I own and uh, have photographic evidence of. Yeah, that those were some pretty tight tights. I, I I could reenact some of Robin Hood Men in Tights. December is Good Eaten Month. Our Patreon is Heart and Souls from '93. Patreon shorts are it started '93. Lois and Clark. It ended in '93. The Wonder Years. A uh, bunch of different episodes in December. We're gonna pack December full here. Uh, it's our holiday gift to you. Welcome. It'll be the 500th anniversary. We'll start off the month of December for us. Alive is coming up after that. What's Eating Gilbert Grape is coming up after that. Tombstone 
son-in-law, which we may or may not have Jason Colvin on. We're going to see if we can get him on for a, a guest spot on that one if we can. And then we'll finish off December with Nightmare Before Christmas. And then sometime in there, we're going to do a recording for for Patrick, just because we, we love Patrick. We're going to do a recording of Enter the Dragon from 1973. Oh. Patrick, that's our Christmas gift to you. Much appreciated. Christmas gift to the world. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you, guys. I really enjoy it's we, We've kind of commented here and there that it's been, we've had some rough weeks at work and, and other stuff like that, so it's always fun to just kind of get in here and talk movies and not to not worry about work for a while. Yes. Agreed. Hard agree. So. All right. Well, you gentlemen, take it easy. Everybody else, take it easy out there. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time. Heed! Play the outro. <laughs> no.